You're listening to the Fit and Vibrant You podcast, episode 156. Welcome to the Fit and Vibrant You podcast. This is your show all about helping you become a healthier, more confident, and energetic version of yourself. I am so glad that you are here. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Tanya Shaw. Thank you so much for being here. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. It's really, really awesome that you're here. This is a show about helping you ditch the diet mentality, ditch that on again, off again diet cycle, and to actually find real sustainable lifestyle change and to start feeling good in your body so you can live your best life, so you can let go of all those thoughts that weigh us down, that stop us from just truly being present and engaging in our lives. The fear of weight gain, the fear of food if you go out for a meal, all that stuff just weighs on us. And I want to drop that weight so we can be free, so we can live, so we can engage, so we can play, we can have more joy, more excitement. And that is what I want for you. And I am on this journey with you. You know, I think one thing that we have is perception that you just sort of make the switch and you decide that you're going to start loving your body. You're going to decide to start eating more intuitively. You're going to decide to stop dieting. You're going to decide to, you know, shelter yourself from social media so you don't see all the, you know, fitspiration memes and all that kind of stuff. But the thoughts still come up. You know, the triggers are still there. You're still going to look at the mirror sometimes and see pictures of yourself and, you know, wish you looked different. And that's part of the process. So it's okay This process is not ever going to be over, and that's a beautiful thing. And you listening to this podcast is one of the things that you get to do every single week to keep committed to this journey of real health, of feeling good in your body, of ditching all that stuff that we've been taught for so many years that we need to count calories and macros and hack our body so it looks a certain way so we can start to love ourselves and so on and so on and so on. Honestly, I'm so immersed in the intuitive eating process in more of the body love that sometimes I forget how strong the diet culture messages are, but they are out there. And before I go into today's announcements, special announcement, I just learned from Kraft Peanut Butter that if you stir your natural nut butter and then you turn it upside down and store it like that in the fridge, it stays creamy the entire time through. Like, why did I not know this earlier? It was the most amazing trick. Because you know when you have natural nut butters and all the oils come to the top and your first few times you spread it, it's all drippy and oily. And then at the end, you get this like crusty, hard packed nut butter at the very bottom and you can't really use it anymore. So stir it and then put it in the fridge and store it upside down. And I was just totally blown away how well this works. So if you are eating nut butter and if you're eating natural nut butter, and if you are still struggling with that whole separation thing that happens, stir it up and store it upside down in the fridge. Mind blown. It is awesome. All right. If you're in Chilliwack, make sure you come on November 25th to Ascend Fitness and Lifestyle with Coach Kayla to the workshop on tips and tricks and strategies and mindset shifts so that you thrive during the holidays. 
You know, so often we get stressed over the holidays or we let our workouts go or we just feel like we have to do all the things and there's family and it doesn't have to be that way because really we're supposed to enjoy the holidays and in the workshop that Kayla's going to have, she's going to go over some really good tactical strategies as well as some mindset, mindset and perspective shifts to help you thrive during the holidays. So registration is free and that more information for that will be on our Facebook page or you can also just go to info at ascendfitnesscoaching.com which is our email address at Ascend and sign up that way. And if you are living anywhere on this beautiful planet, I have just released last week the free course on the three diet rules actually worth following to end the fight against food and the fight against yourself so you can start to find your happy, healthy weight naturally, permanently, and without dieting. This course is for you if you are so tired of constantly disappointing yourself, you're exhausted with a roller coaster ride, you never want to tell your family, your kids that you're going to go on another diet to get those eye rolls. You want to stop the overeating, obsessing about food, obsessing about weight loss, but you don't know where to start. And if you feel like you're missing out of life because you're uncomfortable in your body, you've tried everything under the sun, it hasn't worked, or you know what to do, but you just wonder why you actually can't do it, then make sure you sign up for the free course. Go to tanyashaw.com forward slash free course. I will link to that in the show notes as well. You'll be then given access pretty quickly to a set of four videos. You'll get a new video every single day with a workbook to go along with it and very actionable things to do every single day to help break that cycle and to start feeling good. So once again, tanyashaw.com forward slash free course is, is where it is waiting for you. All right, today's interview, all about gut health with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. So there is no doubt that gut health plays a vital role in your overall health and well-being. It can help control everything from your weight to your mood to brain health, inflammation, and immune function. And if you want to stay happy and healthy, that you have to make sure you support your gut health. And this week, I am joined by Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, to talk all about taking care of your gut health. We go over why gut health is important, common and not so common symptoms that might indicate your butt, your gut, your butt, <laughs> your gut needs to be healed. Maybe your butt does too. And simple daily practices to take care of your gut health and to detox your body. Dr. Anne-Marie Barter is on the cutting edge of holistic health care. As a chiropractor and functional medicine practitioner, she helps people get out of pain and reach their maximal potential through her unique approach, which she has developed after studying under some of the finest minds in her field. I'll link to all of her complete bio in the show notes, as well as the links of how to get in touch with Anne-Marie Barter as well. And let's get on to the interview. Enjoy. Anne-Marie, welcome to the Fit and Vibrant You podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super psyched to be here. Yeah, so as I like to start with interviews, um, I would love for you to share just a little bit with the audience about yourself and what you do and how you got to be doing what you're doing now. 
Yeah. So, um, my story is kind of interesting. I think it's, it follows a lot of what other people struggle with. And so I got into this because of my own struggles. So a little bit on a brief background is I remember I was like 13 or 14 and I started having period cramps. And I remember going to the primary care and saying, no, I'm really struggling with these things and I'm getting acne and these period cramps are uncomfortable and I'm having a really hard time losing weight. Um, what can I do? She said, well, let's run some blood tests. And that seemed like a logical place to start. And then fast forward, right? She says, your, your blood tests are fine. They're, you're perfectly healthy. Here's some different cream for your acne. Sorry about uh, your weight. Maybe just uh, decrease your calories. Um, and I already had a little bit of an eating disorder. So that's not the right thing to say to somebody like that. And um, I was already over exercising. Um, and obviously the different gel didn't work because I had a hormone problem. I had a lot of problems, but I definitely had a hormone problem. And, um, and you know, she said, we can put you on birth control or we can put you on Accutane, but those are your options. So I just felt like I walked away from that conversation feeling like, well, this is something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. This is normal to feel not so good. Here you go. Um, and fast forward a couple more years, I was in finals time uh, in college and, um, and I just, I started getting hives all over my body and I kept on going to the emergency room and they just kept on telling me that I was perfectly healthy and that there was nothing wrong with me. And here's some Benadryl for your anaphylaxis, sorry. And it was, it was swelling up in my throat. And I just felt like at that point, there was something so critically wrong with me that everybody kept on brushing over. So I went to an alternative practitioner that finally started to treat me and look at me like a whole person. And so they treated my gut, they treated, you know, blood sugar, they treated uh, neurotransmitters, basically treated me like a whole person. And then also, you know, I'm, I'm a chiropractor by trade. They um, worked on the chiropractic piece, which was pretty critical because I would, at the time was a competitive dancer and competitive runner. And I didn't realize how messed up my structure was and how much my structure was actually holding me back, even though I didn't feel things like quote unquote pain. Um, so that's how my journey started. I had this grand idea when I graduated college that I was going to, to work for some major company and, 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 and go up in the ranks. And anyway, I walked into Lockheed Martin one day, got a great job. And I was like, I really don't like this. This isn't for me. I really want to do something else. And I was so passionate about health and so passionate about what I learned. Here I am. <laughs> so I started my own practice and it's been amazing. I've been um, in practice for about 10 years and I see pretty complex cases. in here. So that's how I got here. I think so many people can relate to your story and just about being told that everything's fine when it really isn't. And I think it really is so important. Just, I mean, listen to your story once again, just to when you have something that's going on, like, you know, your own body better than anyone else. And it can be so frustrating when you kept, when you keep being told that, it's all in your head. And we're going to talk about like gut and all that because it was all in your head. Like you're, you're making it up. It's, it's not real. You should be fine because the standard tests that are happening or what you're going through might not show the actual like 
things are going on. And so much of the symptoms that we can have and so much of the problems is not just about, like, you know, as a functional medical um, medicine practitioner, it's about treating the root cause, not just like the surface, like not just treating the acne when you have hormonal issues, of blood sugar regulation issues and gut issues. And I love, um, you know, I love that you do that. And I also just really appreciate you sharing that story so that other people know how much, uh, how important it is. Okay, uh, if anyone can hear in the background, I don't know if anyone can hear it. <laughs> I have a lovely, amazing person who comes weekly to help me clean my house. <laughs> and she's, she's there right now, so it's a bit loud. I, could, I couldn't hear that, but I could hear my dog snoring next okay. to me. I thought that that's what you were going to say. No, I, I, don't, I don't hear your dog snoring. <laughs> and, I, and I think the great thing about podcasting is because we're speaking into microphones, it actually is pretty good about not picking up background noises but sometimes like can everyone hear like the dishwasher right now so anyways and the beat goes on this is real life so I would love Anne if we can really focus a bit more on like we talked about at the beginning uh, gut health and how that impacts because so often we talk about you know just like typical healthy eating practices and we know that we should move our body and drink water and all that kind of stuff but more and more research is really showing the importance of our gut. And this is going to be a really broad question to start us off. People like, I don't know where to take this one, but you can try. <laughs> is why is gut health something we should be thinking about? Yeah, I think that's a great question. It's broad, but um, I'm going to try to tackle this as best I can. I think you know, the gut is, we're, we're eating, we're constantly eating, we're constantly, you know, um, utilizing food that potentially has maybe chemicals on it, or maybe it doesn't react the best in our body, right? And so ultimately, the gut is an incredible system that we can digest our food, protect us from pathogens. But unfortunately, today, when we're so stressed out, we miss that first barrier line of defense with, for example, we have very, very acidic stomachs, right? And with an acidic stomach that protects us from something like, for example, let's say you go out and you eat something and the chicken's been sitting out, right? And you, it, you end up maybe being exposed to salmonella. And so the acid in our, in our stomach is supposed to protect us from that. But since we're so stressed out, a lot of times what happens is we're not making enough hydrochloric acid to protect ourselves. So these things can take up residence in our gut. So can give us potentially a gut infection, right? And it can be a multitude of things, right? We can get exposed to potentially parasites. Um, we can get exposed to a bacterial overgrowth. This happens a lot of times in healthy eaters. We can get exposed to yeast. We can not have enough bacteria in our gut or we can have something called leaky gut, where, for example, you run a food sensitivity test and you're like, I'm reacting to broccoli. Like, how can that be? Like, why is broccoli showing up positive on my food sensitivity test? And so the, the gut, um, they're, they're, it's, it's, our, it's an immune system. It's a piece of our immune system, right? And then it's also very important to note that with the gut itself, a lot of our neurotransmitters, our feel-good neurochemicals are made in our gut, right? So our serotonin that keeps us happy, our dopamine that keeps us motivated and excited, you know, GABA that keeps us not feeling anxious and ACH, which keeps us really, really focused. So the gut has a variety of mechanisms, you know, number one, to protect us. 
Number two, like we also are seeing conversions of hormones, for example, the thyroid hormone in the gut. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and then also, I think just neurochemicals, I think that that really hits home with people when they feel depressed, when they feel anxious, when they don't feel motivated, when they feel all the time like they're like Tigger or Eeyore and they can't really get it together, right? And a lot of that is coming from gut issues. Does that does that answer your question a little bit <laughs> in a broad like way? Said, it was a very broad <laughs> question. So I, I mean, the purpose of the question is really to understand that it is so important and it's something that is just like, oh, or like, and not to take it for granted that just things just happen and that it's going to work totally fine. And I love that you said there and about just starting with the hydrochloric acid, because when I did my nutritional therapy practitioner uh, training, one of the books we read was, I think, Why Stomach Acid Was Good For You. And I was in Hawaii when I read the book. So that was positive, but I just loved it. And I was so fascinated with how important stomach acid is for us. And yet how often we're told that you, know, you have acid reflux or you have heartburn or whatever, and we're taking the antacids, we're taking all these things to suppress our stomach acid. Or, and we intuitively think that we have too much stomach acid the problem is that it's coming up into our esophagus where it's not supposed to be and that's causing pain. So I think that's actually a really great place to start because I think that's such a, you know, and, and we'll work down the pathway to the, the rest of the gut. But what are some things, you mentioned stress, that we could do to improve our stomach acid and to actually have more, like more stomach acid or, or um, I guess lower, lower pH, more stomach acid. Yeah. So in my practice, I just really tackle this, um, from two directions. Um, what I do is I make sure that someone doesn't have an H pylori infection for starters before I give stomach acid or else the, the digestive enzymes are really going to burn. Um, and then I give digestive enzymes, um, in my practice to start to, um, be able to break down the food, to let your medicine be from your food, right? Because then you can grasp all those nutrients and you're not starving. So that's personally how I attack it. I just, I basically give digestive enzymes and how I identify this on labs, that this might be something that somebody needs to look at is I look at protein, a protein marker on labs, and I see if that's high or low. And I ask them, you know, I try to rule out H. pylori, and I tell them, if I give this to you and this burns or this makes you feel worse or you get incredibly nauseous, um, please call me and let me know. And then I move on to um, just addressing and breaking down the food and giving a digestive enzyme, especially when they're eating higher dense uh, foods like protein. A lot of people will stray away from protein. And the reason for that is, is because they can't break it down a lot of times. Um, and so that's why we see that and, and they'll notice, um, without, without, you know, the enzymes that they're, that it, they have reflux or it's, or it's kicking back up. But the deal is, is it's sitting in your stomach and it's just fermenting and it's not going anywhere. And that's maybe why you have that putrid taste or that acidic taste. So a lot of times you can fix this when you actually just give somebody a digestive enzyme. And why this is important, even if you're like, I don't have all those symptoms, but okay, sometimes I get some reflux or sometimes it sits in my stomach. The reason that this is important is because you have to break the food down into small pieces to go into your gut 
so into your small intestine so that it's able to be absorbed. If you think about these food particles being so big in your small intestine, they're just going to sit there and they're going to cause damage. And ultimately, most Americans, most people have leaky gut. And that's where it leaks out into your bloodstream. And then you have, you run a food sensitivity test or food allergy test, and you just are, you know, you have them across the board. You have food sensitivities and food allergies across the board, which is a shame. And then you start to worry about what you're eating and what diet you're eating. And then you have these people on these incredibly restrictive diets that say, well, I can have these five foods. Like you think about what that's going to ultimately do to your gut microbiome, because you have to have a diversity of foods in order to, um, to have a diversity in your microbiome. So I think that that's really important. And that all starts with stomach acid. And I mean, and just the benefits of that protecting you from anything pathogenic in your food, which we are all exposed to. But yes, um, stress is the biggest thing that I have seen deplete stomach acid because if you're stressed out, you're not resting and digesting and, and breaking down your food. And so ultimately your body thinks that you need to run from the mountain lion or the bear or whatever else. And so it's shunting the blood to your extremities. It's not digesting food. I think that's really, really important. And one of the practices that I'm a huge, huge advocate for, and sometimes knowing why it's so important is can really help just that extra motivation to do it and not be like, oh, Tanya just says, like, I'll do that one, one day. <laughs> but to eat slowly and to eat in a relaxed state. Because so often in our eating practices, we are multitasking, we are eating on the road, we're shoving food into our face while we're like uh, running out the door. And that is eating under a stressed state. So what you just said there about how important it is for the digestive, digestive, I can't talk, <laughs> digestive, system to eat like to lower your stress and to actually digest your food and really the repercussions that happen down like the digestive pathway when you're not chewing food properly and you even said you know you said before about gut health and you talked about the neurotransmitters and neurochemicals I mean all those are created from the foods that we eat as well and you know so often we're having you mentioned just like we're, we're starving for nutrition because we're not actually digesting the food that we're eating. And it's, yeah. So you mentioned doing the food sensitivity, sensitivity testing for leaky gut. And you also said that a lot of people do have leaky gut. How, like, what would drive someone to go get testing or say maybe something is wrong? So with their gut health in general, is that what you mean? Or with leaky gut I say, specifically? Um, well, either or. I mean, gut health, okay. there's, if there's, I know there's a lot of different symptoms and it can present, present in different ways. But what are some things that people might experience that would be like, okay, maybe I should go get this looked at and maybe this is not you know, normal. And I know like, for example, acid reflux, it's so common commonplace that we just almost just take it as normal and just part of life and part of getting old or whatever and we take the antacids for it so what are but what are some things that you might see that clients or might be or patients might be reporting before they come see you so a lot of people will notice um believe it or not one of the first um symptoms that really drive people in is bloating um, is one of the biggest ones that you will see bloating there's no rhyme or reason to why the person potentially has bloating. It, you know, like it's not 
it's not something I've eaten. It's I'm not stressed out. I'm fine. It doesn't, you know, there's, there's no correlation to that. Um, sometimes I notice people have, believe it or not, itchy skin. Um, a, a lot of times they'll have redness on their face, especially their cheek region. Like you can tell that they're having a lowered immune response for some, for some reason. Some people have headaches, um, even though that doesn't seem like it's correlated back to the gut or back to leaky gut, as strange as that is. Um, you'll also see higher levels of aches and pains, and they don't really know why. You'll see weight gain. You can see constipation. You can see diarrhea. You can see it alternating. Um, you can see gas. Um, and, and some gas is okay, right? But this is, you know, definitely gas. Um, loss of taste for, um, for meat is generally another one. Um, people just can't rest, eat, and digest their food. They just don't feel good overall. But, but leaky gut or any sort of gut problem can, prevent, can present in a variety of different ways. It doesn't just look like gut health. And I think that that's the big thing that I want to get across. It's not just going to be bloating or it's not just going to be a change in bowels. It can be everything. I've seen people as we've cleaned up their gut that they they get they they have a increased immunity, for example. So um, they get sick less often. Um, they're able to lose weight. They don't have uh, in in they don't have so many reactions to food that you start to feel some of these things up. Um, but it can prevent it can present in a variety of different ways. Leaky gut. Um, or any, any type of gut issue um, presents differently in each person. So um, you have to get to the root cause of, you know, what's driving the leaky gut. Is there an infection? I mean, so that's going to present more aggressively than somebody that just has basic leaky gut. Like if somebody is like really eating a food they're reactionary to, so for example, that can create some neurological symptoms, right? Um, you know, so it, it completely depends across mm -hmm. the board of what we'll see. Um, you know, and I've even seen like crazy cases of brain de deterioration completely change when you, um, when you do some tweaks on the diet and you do some tweaks on the gut. So, I mean, across the board, so lots it's a of different big, symptoms. big, big, um, big answer to, to what you really want to be focused on gut things, but the gut plays such a big role overall. And I think that's so important just to understand that it's not just, I mean, same with like celiac too. It doesn't mm -hmm. often present in just digestive problems. It presents in lots of different things. And when you look at the body as a whole, like you were saying at the very, with your story at the very beginning, that you know, you might have, let's say, leaky gut, and now you're having things that are coming into your body and your body's fighting it off. And that's going to present because it doesn't want these things in your bloodstream. And that's going to present in sometimes, like you said, immune responses, aches and pains, like all these things that can come up. So if you are feeling things that are not necessarily normal, and that's such a hard, and honestly, that's such a hard thing too, because it's hard to sometimes we just perceive things like it's just the way we are without really recognizing that there might be other things like your gut health going on. So we talked a lot about the symptoms of, um, of gut health and, and when things are not going quite well, but what are some things that one can do, let's say not even for like when things are wrong or like when things are needing to be fixed, but just to maintain 
a good, like good gut health? So I see people that have been far gone. So just so you know, so I generally use supplements to fix um, what's going on. So I have strong powered supplements based on what's going on in their labs and their testing, what their history has stated. So I just want to say that from the get go. Um, I personally think things to help maintain gut health is definitely most people do not drink enough water for starters. Most people don't get up and drink enough water. We're highly caffeinated and highly sugared in our society. And if you try to pull somebody off caffeine or sugar, they can't, right? So I think one thing just to notice for people is if you need caffeine or you need sugar to function, there's probably something going on that needs to be addressed. Most people do not drink enough water. I mean, I know you touched on this at the beginning. Water is really important for gut health to move things through. If food is sitting in your GI tract for long periods of time, it ferments, and then that can also cause its own set of problems, right? And so you ultimately want to be deriving that nutrition, not allowing something to sit and ferment. I have an example. If if you clean your house completely, but you don't take out the trash, like, I mean, your house is going to stink. It's not going to feel clean, you know, so ultimately, and then suddenly, you know, you're going to have fruit flies in there and other bugs. And that's kind of what's going on in your gut. So it's kind of the same scenario. So you should be drinking half of your body weight in ounces in water um, per day. Beef broth um, or any sort of broth that has collagen is is very good at helping the gut. But again, if you have something going on in there, you it's it's just not going to fix the underlying problem. So I just want to make that clear. Um, lots of fruits and vegetables really help to diversify the microbiome. I think it's important to eat different colored fruits and vegetables. Um, as well, I, I'm i a proponent of eating protein. You know, you don't have to eat tons of protein, but I'm also a, pro, a proponent of eating protein because I think it's really important to get those amino acids to make, um, to make those neurotransmitters. And I see that a lot of people aren't digesting the protein that they're eating. So I, I believe that. Um, I've seen folks in here that are just like, I don't want to eat meat. I don't want to eat anything with a face. Um, I completely understand that. Um, but I, I really push for a pescatarian diet at that point. If somebody is really hard and fast on something just to get some amino acids, um, in their system. Um, I, I also think that we need to eat a a mix and a variety. Um, I, if somebody, for example, has food sensitivities, let's say somebody says I react poorly when I eat dairy, that's a challenge to me to figure out what's going on in the gut to say, okay, we need to boost up certain amount, a certain, certain bacteria in the gut and also heal the gut. So somebody's not so reactionary to foods as well. So I think that some of those things are, are great places to start. I think reducing stress is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you've tried everything and you still have underlying gut problems or gut issues, I think it goes back to heavy duty exposure. Um, I believe uh, here in Colorado, I see a lot of patients that have been exposed to mold. Mold gives tremendous gut issues, tremendous bloating, tremendous discomfort. So 
you've been down every road. I, I also think about mold and then pathogens that maybe you want to address or check. Um, good ways to do that, to address pathogens, stool testing is really good or breath testing is really good to, to address that and to figure that out. Um, so I just think to get a real good workup and figure out what's going on. But I think all those things are important for gut health. I think also making sure you're fully eliminating when you have a bowel movement, making sure that your poop sinks is really important to the bottom and that you're, you feel like you've completely eliminated. I'm one other thing that I'm a fan of, um, is I'm a huge fan of saunas. I know this is kind of like off base on the, on the gut piece, but I'm a huge fan of saunas and sweating out and getting rid of some of these toxins that we're exposed to day in and day out. And so I know that that's a little offbeat, but I think that that makes people feel a lot better. Another, if there is a problem in the gut or there's an IBS like symptom, there's also been links to that with emotion, emotions and trauma as well. And so maybe figuring out, is there some sort of emotion or trauma underlying what's going on here? And do, does that need to be addressed? So it's figuring out which angle to address it from. So in other words, it's complex. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had like short and easy answers and mm-hmm. here's seven tips and here's all you need to do and bam. But I, you know, every person that I see that comes in, I generally have a different protocol. Like you should see my supplement closet. Like we carry so many things because so many people present um, differently. And so I think what, what I personally do is I do individualized care. And so that's more what I'm, I'm into, but definitely all of those things will help, but definitely increasing. I think vegetable intake is incredibly critical. Most people don't eat enough veggies. They don't. And as I said before, I think really sometimes understanding why these recommendations are in place is really powerful. Like for example, water, like how many times are we told to drink lots of water? And we're like, oh, like why? Like we don't really understand why. And water is like, (laughs) it's like, is so important in so many different ways. And talking about detox, I mean, drinking water is a part of that too. So you can sweat. And it seems so like it's, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's so commonplace that we almost forget these kind of things, mm-hmm. but simple things like that can be so powerful. You mentioned that, uh, yeah, like drinking water, reducing your stress, um, getting movement and exercise to like pooping and letting it all get out. Like these are simple things, eating more vegetables. Like these are things that we've been told or we've heard before, but just really recognizing why it's so important and to keep like to keep doing it you mentioned a little bit about uh the sweating for detoxification what are other things that that something comes up a lot too especially when we talk about you know in the health and fitness industry there's always these detox diets and everything like that which is usually just like having nothing and you lose lots of water and <laughs> and the scale goes down because you've lost lots of water and our body does have its own very natural ways to detoxify as well. But what are things that uh, you can work with your, your patients on or recommend to the listeners out there to really keep their body in a state where they can detox and a lot of the things that are coming in? Yeah, so um, I do a lot with detox. And I know there's been a lot that's come out recently, like you don't need to detox or you don't need to do any of this, right? Um, I personally disagree, maybe... What I'm a huge proponent of 
is making sure that my patients have enough antioxidants in their system to be able to eliminate a lot of the things we're exposed to. In my practice, I see a lot of mold. I see a lot of mold toxicity. So the only way mold is released out of the fat is to make sure that somebody has enough antioxidant and then also to do a mold protocol detox. Sweating is incredibly important for that. Showering after you sweat is incredibly important for that. Um, I think I think just also looking at, um, you know, from the antioxidant therapy piece, um, I'll also run um, toxicity tests, heavy metal tests to see where people are, um, were really backed up. So um, when you're detoxifying, for example, heavy metals also come out through the sweat, also as well as, you know, through the bowel function and through drinking enough water, you have to have enough antioxidants. When I talk about antioxidants, in my practice, I use a lot of glutathione. Um, I'm a huge proponent of glutathione and NAC in my particular practice. Um, the reason for that is, is that a lot of the, a lot of the exposures of, that we have, for example, are petroleum byproducts, right? And so we have a petroleum byproduct. Some of the best ways to get that out is doing glutathione or NAC. Um, so that will bind and, and help to flush that out. So that specifically targets a lot of those things. Depending on, if I look at someone's lab work and they have the starting signs of fatty liver, I will specifically go and detoxify their liver so they can filter more effectively. Right. Um, I don't do, you know, as it relates to quote unquote, the detoxes that you see at gyms and whatnot, what I do initially when somebody comes in is I, I know that this is undieting, you know, it, but what I like to do is I give somebody just kind of a, a, a powder that opens up their pathways for 30 days, depending on how toxic they are and depending on what they've done. And then after that, what I do is I put them on an elimination diet for only 30 days. And then I'm reincorporating food back in just to make sure that we can get rid of their symptoms. So I think in combination, so that's going to reduce an incredible amount of inflammation, but that's not a sustainable diet. That's not a diet that somebody needs to be on long-term as 30 days and done. Like you do not continue on these things. And I think that that's a big misconception out there that I need to be on this diet for life and I need to do this XYZ for life. No, these are short-term modifications that you ultimately, again, want to reincorporate food because again, that's the gut microbiome and we want that to be diversified, not eating five foods. I see people all the time when they're eating like five foods, ultimately what ends up happening is they're still not reaching their their health goals. So I think that that's generally what I do for detox, but it, it, it just depends on, again, what someone's presenting with. Are they presenting with fatty liver? Do they have metabolic syndrome or have they been exposed to something um, that we need to clean out? Um, my personal story, I got exposed to a lot of mold and, and heavy petroleum products and um, uranium. So I glow in the dark sometimes apparently. So, um, and, and so for me, um, you know, I utilize sauna and I utilize anti antioxidant therapy and mold um, detoxification to do that. But each of those things are different depending on what you're cleaning out and detoxifying. So I think that that is, again, I hate to say this, but it's individualized. Well, I think that's a really, 
you're right. Like it would be nice to have like, here's the five things to do for everything. But I really do. I mean, at Ascend, um, where I like my personal wellness studio and also through the, the other programs I do, there is a lot of individualization, even though I don't work specifically in what you do, what you do, mm-hmm. but cause everyone's different. And I think the biggest thing here is that, I mean, taking all of this, just understanding the importance of gut health and air detox pathways and neurotransmitters and all these things that impact our overall well-being, uh, recognizing that if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. And in fact, that a lot of things that we take as commonplace symptoms or just the way it is are not necessarily supposed to be that way. And then seek someone who can really work with you. And the one thing that I really like what you said too is that the diet, because like, my philosophy personally and then also through a Sun Fitness Lifestyle is a very anti-dieting philosophy. Like we're very much about more becoming intuitive with your food. And, but with that, you know, there is a time and a space for therapeutic diets and when you recognize it's like it's a therapeutic diet, it's not like a, you know, sometimes we're told, we're told like if you can't do something for the rest of your life, then don't do it. Like sometimes there's a, there is a time and a place to do things, to test and to heal. And they are there just for a little bit of time, but then you got to move past them and start introducing real foods again and have a more, like I said, diverse plate so you can have a diverse microbiome, which is, um, Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this, this was really interesting to me. There's a diet called the elemental diet, which is, this is super extreme. Um, and so this gets rid of a condition called SIBO. And I like, I don't want to do too much of this, but this is ridiculous. It's basically like hospital food. You know, if you were in a coma and you had hospital food, it would be basically be giving this all day long. And so I tried this because I had a lot of patients in my practice with this particular ailment. And you're supposed to do this basically water and powder for three weeks. And it was ridiculous. I can fast. I can do all kinds of stuff, but I could not stomach this. And I think, and I I remember looking in the literature because this was what was touted as being great. And to me, it was just bananas. It was over the top. And yes, we're going to heal this condition more slowly, but there is another way to do that. So, I mean, I think... My elimination diet is, I think, uh, along the lines of being similar with a different approach is just to be back intuitive with how these foods feel as you incorporate them one by one to really see what you're feeling because our bodies, I can run food sensitivity tests all day. And I actually discourage patients from running food sensitivity tests because I think that they're a better barometer to what's going on in their system than a food sensitivity test, right? I use it as a last ditch ditch effort because number one, they're expensive. Number two, they change based on your immune system. So ultimately you can really get a good idea of how you feel if we can just incorporate these foods one by one. If we're like, okay, well, I'm reacting to that food. Okay, let's go through and let's figure out how we can heal your gut. And there might be some foods that aren't ideal for you. But I mean, let's go through and let's figure out how to heal your gut so you can have the most diverse diet possible. I love it. So for those listeners who want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? 
So um, you can find us. We have a website. It's Alt ALT Fam F A M Med M E D, and that's short for Alternative Family Medicine. And we have launched our podcast called Fearless Health Podcast. Yep, you know you're smiling. <laughs> I interview you next week. So um, yes, so we have our podcast launched. So Fearless Health Podcast there as well. So um, those are the two places. Um, you can find us. We have all our social media links on there as well. So yeah, holler if you need anything. Awesome. And do you work with patients like outside of your actual practice or is everything right now in your practice? We do. We work with people outside of our practice. Okay. Awesome. Because obviously if you're living somewhere else, <laughs> you're in Colorado, that was correct? I am. I'm in Colorado. Yeah. So we have two, living... uh, yeah, we have two offices, Denver and Longmont in Colorado. Okay. Right on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And I'll link to all the links in the show notes of how to get in touch with you. And I really do appreciate your approach of just like, keeping things simple, but really recognizing that everybody's journey is very different. And like you said, as nice as it would be to have like the seven point checklist to heal your gut, it is very different. And a lot of the things that you have recommended to do for overall health, everybody has heard before. And now we just know that it's actually something you probably should listen to, like drinking your water and managing your stress and eating your vegetables, you know, the stuff that your mom told you when you were growing up. So, you know, sometimes, you know, and obviously what, what you go through with your patients is, is a bit more complex because you are looking at each individual person, yet a lot of the stuff just to maintain good health are really, really simple and very doable. So I appreciate that. And that wraps up episode 156 of the Fit and Vibrant You podcast with Dr. Anne Marie Barter. I know I have had quite a few interviews lately, which has been so much fun. I am planning a few solo episodes as well, but this is your show, so let me know what you like. Are there different topics you want to me to speak on? Do you love the interviews? Do you hate the interviews? Is there someone you want to see on the podcast for me to interview? I can try my best to reach out to them. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can email me, T-A-N-J-A at TanyaShaw.com. Or you can tag me on Instagram, Facebook message me. I will respond to however you get a hold of me. Until next week, this is Tanya Shaw reminding you to be fit, be vibrant, and be you.